the expansion class of 1993. It's this week on Bullpen. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Bullpen, the show that takes a look at teams of the past but applies the modern roster makeup to them. In other words, tiny bench, big bullpen. Granted, now we're into the 90s baseball, so the bullpens were a little bit bigger back then. But not as big as they were in the modern day, where at one point we had a team with 14 pitchers and only two bench players. Tonight we're going to look at the inaugural seasons of both the Florida Marlins and the Colorado Rockies in 1993. And granted, an expansion team is going to run through a lot more pitchers. That's just the nature of how things work with expansion teams. But they also run through a lot of bench players, and some of these guys would not have spent as much time on these rosters as they did. First, we'll go to the Florida Marlins. In case you forgot, let's run through their starting lineup for the most part. We had Benito Santiago behind the plate, Orestes Destrade at first base, Brett Barbary got the majority of starts at second, Walt Weiss at short, Gary Sheffield at third base, Jeff Conine, Chuck Carr, and Daryl Whitmore. He had 76 starts in right field, and they give it to him here on the old baseball reference page. So there's your starting lineup. Now, if we're going to apply the 14 rule, well, that means we're going to have to cut this bench down quite a bit. So we'll say they get a three-person bench on a rough day. So that means first we need a backup catcher. And this team ran through several of those with the bulk of starts going to Rob Natal. He got into 41 games, fewer games played by Steve Decker, Terry McGriff, and veteran minor leaguer Mitch Leiden. So I think Natal would be the guy to get the bulk of those games. All right, now we need a utility infielder, and that's where things get a little interesting. We have Rick Renteria, Alex Arias, Dave Magadan, all listed as infielders, along with seven games from the late Gus Polliter. Now, Dave Magadan is your tempting choice because, yeah, he was a really good pinch hitter. And, of course, Gary Sheffield, not always super durable at third base. He's going to need a third base backup. The problem is Magadan, he can't play the middle spots very well. Now, Alex Arias would maybe be your guy. He hit 269 that year, which isn't too bad. And Rick Renteria, well, he's also not the most adept at playing, you know, the upper middle infield positions. So I think we have to give this one to Alex Arias. Now, the outfield situation gets a little more complicated because you have guys like Junior Felix, who got into 57 games. Greg Briley got into 120 games, most as a pinch hitter and defensive replacement. Henry Cotta was on this roster. Matias Carrillo, Scott Pose, remember he opened the year as the center fielder for this team. Geronimo Barroa, Monty Ferris, Carl Everett, and others got to play in the outfield that year, but only one of these guys can make it. Now, I'm tempted to say Junior Felix or Henry Cotto because they're the better hitters, but Greg Briley could play a lot of the infield positions as well, so it would be tempting to bring Briley, but you're already bringing Alex Arias, who isn't known for the stick, and you want to have somebody as a potential pinch hitter, which is something Henry Cotto was good at, but Junior Felix was also still just 25 and a pretty good hitter still in that time, so that is a tough call, really, between those guys. The best hitter the biggest veteran, and the most versatile guy. Now, you could make an argument to switch Arias with Dave Magadan and then bring along Greg Briley to be your backup outfielder and occasional backup infielder. It does restrain your flexibility if you're running one of those three bench spots to a guy who can play third and first only. See, a guy like Dave Magadan would have a tough time even being on a roster in the National League these days. I gotta go with Junior Felix on this one. Because he's young, he's had some experience with the Angels, and... Yeah, I think he's got the most pop, plus he can play all three outfield spots, no problem. Starting rotation for the Marlins that year was Charlie Huff, Jack Armstrong, Chris Hammond, Ryan Bowen, and Pat Rapp, splitting some time with Luis Aquino, who also spent a lot of time in the bullpen. Closer was Brian Harvey, of course, Luis Aquino in the bullpen with Richie Lewis, Matt Turner, and Joe Klink. 
They had several pitchers who also pitched in over 40 innings. Rich Rodriguez and David Weathers did that. They also had three guys pitch over 30 innings. Chris Carpenter, a very young Trevor Hoffman, and an also young Rob Nen. Jim Corsi, John Johnstone, and Bob McClure also factored into a handful of games. Did they have some help in the farm if they were going to carry a bigger bullpen? Well, they certainly did. They had a young Scott Anderson, an old Jerry Don Gleaton, and Mike Jeffcoat. A young Jose Martinez, a very young Kurt Miller, and Rich Scheid was also hanging around down there. Mike Myers, Randy Kramer, Tom McGraw, even Gene Walter and Jeff Darwin made some appearances down there. They even had Kip Yawn make one appearance in the minor leagues that year, except he never pitched much in the majors. In fact, he never made the majors. If you're looking for help from their Class A team, because they didn't have a double-A team, they had a high Class A team, and a few guys down there who made the major leagues like Vic Derensburg, Stan Spencer, and Robert Person. So not a lot of substantial changes for the 1993 Florida Marlins, other than the Dave Magadan looking for a new job. Let's move on to the Colorado Rockies of 1993. They were kind of patient zero for this large bullpen, small bench approach, mainly because you had to go through a lot of pitchers in Colorado, as to this day they still haven't quite figured out how to pitch up there in that rare air. But we'll press onward and take a look at the original Colorado Rockies lineup, in case you'd forgotten. They went with Joe Girardi behind the plate for a bulk of the time. They also had Andres Galarraga at first base, Eric Young Sr. at second, Vinny Castilla at short, and Charlie Hayes at third. Outfield was primarily Gerald Clark, Alex Cole, and, of course, Dante Bichette. They did have a lot of guys cycle through their bench as well. They had six guys get over 100 at-bats. And a couple guys get close. Daryl Boston, Roberto Mejia, Danny Schaefer, Chris Jones, Freddie Benavides, and Nelson Liriano each had well over 100 at-bats. In fact, only one of those who had less than 200 was Nelson Liriano. While Jim Tatum and Jayhawk Owens and Pedro Castellano were definitely in shouting distance of 100 at-bats. Plus, they had appearances from, yes, Dale Murphy, who finished his career with Colorado, in case you forgot, Jay Gaynor, Gerald Young, and future Rockies manager Eric Wedge. But this has to get shaved down to just three guys, so let's first take a look at backup catcher. While Jayhawk Owens did appear in 33 games, this one easily goes to veteran minor leaguer Danny Schaefer, who actually hit 278 with 32 RBIs that season at age 31, and in 82 games played, plus he can play the outfield in a pinch, in case you are looking for that. We also need a backup infielder, now Freddie Benavides and Nelson Liriano, good up-the-middle guys, but Roberto Mejia also played a fair amount of second base. And you could always move Vinny Castilla to third. Eric Young Sr. could bounce around a little bit. So I think Roberto Mejia has got to be the guy you have as your utility infielder. And this time it's easy for a utility outfielder. It's got to be Daryl Boston, right? He got into 124 games that season, hit 14 home runs, and hit 261. Now you could make a good case for Chris Jones, who in 86 games had six home runs, 31 RBIs, and a 273 average. But I think he gets squeezed out. And utility man Jim Tatum, well, he's probably waiting at AAA to get called up in case somebody gets hurt. So I think you have to go with Boston, Mejia, and Schaefer, which is easy because they are the three bench players who played the most on this team. Now what about that pitching staff? Well, in case you'd forgot, and I wouldn't blame you if you did, the Rockies' original rotation for the most part consisted of Armando Reynoso, David Need, Butch Henry, Ken Bottenfeld, and Greg Harris. Darren Holmes was the closer on this team. Willie Blair, Bruce Ruffin, Steve Reed, and Gary Wayne factored into the bullpen. But they also had several other pitchers accumulate a fair amount of innings pitch. Jeff Parrott appeared in 40 games and pitched 73 innings. Curtis Lesconic pitched 57 innings. Andy Ashby pitched 54 innings. Lance Painter got in 39 innings, while Mo Sanford got in almost 36 innings. 
They had 10 other pitchers get into games as well, from the 29 and two-thirds innings of Bryn Smith to the four and two-thirds innings of Scott Service, with a number of guys in between who I'm sure would have cycled through the bullpen if we were applying 2019 bullpen rules, or at least bullpen trends. What about the bullpen trends in the minor leagues? Would there have been help to come up and cycle through as well? Well, definitely. A lot of the guys I mentioned also pitched in the minor leagues. Mike Munoz, Darren Holmes, and Clint Zavras all pitched in the minor leagues, along with veteran Mark Knudsen. Randy Marshall, probably one of their better pitchers in the minors who never made the major leagues. A guy named Steve Allen also didn't do too bad at AAA Colorado Springs. Also, veteran minor leaguer Dana Rednour also went 8-8 eight and eight with a 5.21 ERA in 16 starts, 39 total appearances for Colorado Springs. They didn't have a double-A team, but they did have a high-class A team that might have provided a few future stars like Mark Thompson and John Burke, along with future major leaguers Doug Botchler, Juan Acevedo, Galvin Alston, Roger Bailey, and Rudy Cienez. But also had a couple of guys down there who pitched fairly well and never made the majors, like Jason Johnson, Kyle Duke, and Philip Schneider. You know, maybe those guys make the major leagues if the 1993 Rockies had to play in 2019, but I guess we'll never know. And that wraps up Bullpen for another week. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll do it again next time. You can find all my episodes archived at Anchor and Spotify and on SoundCloud. If you'd like to help out the show, you can become a patron of this and all the other things I do online. Just search for Russ Barreth on Patreon.com. You can also search my name up on TikTok and YouTube if you'd like some more content there. So until next week when we take a look at Tampa Bay and Arizona's inaugural teams, thanks for listening to Bullpen. All statistics and roster information provided by BaseballReference.com.